When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into, I guess we could call this, it drops on Tuesday, but it's like a victory Monday, if you will. (laughs) The curveball that was thrown to Toby Rowland when he saw one Kale Gundy, one Mm -hmm. of his favorites at the podium today. Pretty nice little surprise, wasn't it? Was a surprise for all of us media, I believe. (gasps) Ooh. Um, Hopefully Lincoln's okay. Yep. Have yep. you? Do you have any? Uh, no, I just think he was a little bit under the weather. Is kind of what the the buzz was. He's got all kinds of contacts and moles and informants, and I didn't know if you. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody if in the medical industry had filled you in. To realize this on Mondays when we taped the presser, you guys are actually in a separate studio than I am. So when you say, "Hey, let's go over," you it's not as if you're on the other end of the room. We're legitimately on another side of the stadium. Right. From each other, even when you were in the temporary studios today, which is where we're broadcasting. We had as well. received, though, advance notice Okay, that uh, Kale would be the press conference uh, guy today. So we had it, two, two Gundy press conferences in the state of Oklahoma on Monday. Ooh, I wonder if that's a record. Probably not. At least not. ties a record. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Link's okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder about Rudy's tonight. I don't know. I don't know if... Uh, I hadn't even thought about that. Lincoln's going to be there or if uh, they're going to send somebody else. He know. seemed in great spirits on Sunday after the game. And um, I just... You know, it's. I know there's factions of the fan base that always want to find something to be upset about that. Trust me. I live my life as a Raider fan, so I'm always seemingly angry about something. But it's looking back on Saturday's 66-33 win over Baylor, um, man, it's kind of hard to find fault with anything whenever you have that dominating of a performance, especially from your offense. That was that was something else from Kyler Murray. Incredible performance by Kyler Murray. You ready to put that helmet on, by the way? I don't know if it fits. I've, <laughs> I've got one of these. Uh, one of the, the bring the wood helmets. Bring the wood helmets. I'm afraid if I got my melon in there, I might not get it out. <laughs> Boy, wouldn't that be a story to have to tell, to be walking over to see Blake? 
yeah. and Brad. Like, have, it's have stuck it in off. my head. You right. cut this helmet off. Okay, sorry to interrupt um, you. Now, it was an incredible performance by Kyler. You win a, a conference game by 33 points, then I think you absolutely, obviously, got to be thrilled. Uh, are there things you're unhappy with that didn't go uh, well? Yeah, I don't think that game has never ever existed that you come out and say they play perfect. You know, there's there continues to be lingering tackling um, problems, but I think there was encouraging signs on defense. The ability to get pressure on Charlie Brewer, six sacks. They hurried him all day. The play of Trey Brown, the play of Ronnie Perkins, some real positives on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's again, it's kind of just like last year. I was amused this morning on the radio show. Somebody said um, Oklahoma is going to be right where they were last year if they don't get these defensive issues fixed. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's not bad. I mean, that means you're telling me they're going to the college football playoff and they're one <laughs> play away from maybe playing for the national championship and winning it at all. I'll take that right now. Uh, but I get what they're saying. I mean, they got to shore them some things up defensively. But I do think their offense is so dynamic that it's going to be hard on almost every Saturday for an opposing team to overcome that, even if they are pretty good defensively. And I think Texas is pretty good defensively. The idea of slowing down Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown and C.D. Lamb and Trey Sermon and now Kennedy Brooks and Grant Calcaterra and Lee Morris and this offensive line for 60 minutes, it's just not happening. I mean, they're going to score some points on you. So I think Oklahoma's in a pretty good spot through five weeks. I'm thinking about Lee Morris in my spotlight this weekend. And there's always a wrinkle in the Texas prep slash game plan. You go back three years ago, Jay Norvell is the offensive coordinator. And I can remember Teddy, as soon as Texas ran it once, he, he's like, spring draw. He goes, that this is, this is what killed us. Uh, this is what we killed Texas with in, mm -hmm. what, 2000, 2001 with Quentin Griffin. There's, uh, there's always something. Though I guess saying Lee Morris isn't too shocking, right, because he's had a pretty nice season, and all he does is catch touchdown passes seemingly. So right. I kind of like his emergence and the way they've used him. And part of that might be because Calcaterra hasn't necessarily been Mark Andrews part two like we all thought, but maybe that was an unfair comparison anywhere. Dude's only a sophomore. In Calcaterra. Lee Morris is playing great. Uh, what an unexpected weapon he's become for this team. I'll take C.D. Lamb, though, if you're asking me to Ooh, uh, like pinpoint that. a guy early in the week. I think it's his turn, right? Yeah, it is because it's uh, it started out with him, then it was Marquise, and it was him and Marquise, then it was him. I mean, they've, they've gone back and forth every week as to who stands up and makes the big plays. Yeah, so I, I, I think, though, to your point, Lee Morris was off the radar when the year started. And he had that huge opener, even blocked a punt in the opener, and got the scholarship, and all of a sudden we all know who Lee Morris is. Yes. And even though he had a couple of touchdowns last year, he's kind of off the radar. And now he has become um, a guy that, you know what, you don't see him a whole lot, but when you do, he makes plays. And that position as a, as a whole – the combination of Calcaterra and Morris is having a good year. Maybe Grant Calcaterra's numbers aren't what we thought they'd be, but the position numbers have been productive. 
this year for them. Good, That's a good weapon, that inside receiver, that big tight end body down the seam, over the middle. Um, it's It's been good for them. I think the fascinating thing on offense that emerged on Saturday is the play of Kennedy Brooks late in that game. And, and I'm very interested to see if this Saturday he is a significant part of their game plan when it matters earlier in the game. I think there's a chance that that'll be true. I'm not advocating at all that Trey Sermon loses his starting spot. I don't think that's going to happen. But that second back, I think he gives you a little bit more uh, pizzazz, a little bit more uh, burst in the backfield. He's, he's a, maybe a slightly bigger breakaway threat than Trey Sermon is. Trey Sermon's catch and run Saturday from midfield to the one-yard line was unbelievable. And I could watch him run through tackles all day. I love watching Trey Sermon run the football. But I think Kennedy really showed me something on Saturday night. And maybe he's an emerging star with this team. And you say, come on, man. We're five games into the season. We know who these playmakers are. There's nobody that halfway through the season suddenly becomes a player. And I remind you of a year ago when at this point Rodney Anderson and Marquise Brown were bit players on this team. Relatively inconsequential bit players on this team and became superstars by the end of the year. So it is not, uh, you know, unthinkable. There is a precedent with Lincoln Riley that a guy emerges halfway through the year and becomes a star. Bye, Chad. Chad Chad McKee leaving after the... I almost said Lincoln Riley. Are those Jordans you're wearing? What are those shoes? Those are Cole Hans. Those are nice. He has the the guts to actually wear those on the sidelines, too. When it's a little muddy out, straight white shoes. They need to be washed now because I've worn them all. You could borrow them if you'd like. You think you could wear those? They're 12s. I think I size wise, I think I'm okay. Uh, style wise, <laughs> I don't think I could come to that level. No, you look great By the way, speaking of style, yeah, one and zero in the Jordans. The Jordans made their debut on Saturday, and we put 66 points on the board. And you can say it's coincidental, <laughs> but uh, and I don't know. They will make another appearance in the Cotton Bowl on Saturday. So I want to go back to the conversation about Kyler and. Boy, if we could bottle up all the hot takes about focus and where his mind would be before the season, uh, we could have ourselves quite a fire right now. But with that said, has he even surprised you with yes. what you've seen? Yes. Yes. I don't know how anyone could. I think I think if Lincoln Riley was honest, he would say that he's surprised him a little bit. Um, Teddy said after the game Saturday that Kyler Murray is the best player in college football. And I think there's a lot of people starting to believe that. Yep. And Tua and Will Greer are having great years, and I don't I don't know if that's right or not. But uh, I expected him to be a weapon. I expected his legs to be a problem for defenses, his quickness to be a problem. I knew he could throw it better than people realized. We saw that in glimpses last year. He's got a cannon of an arm, and he's he's more accurate than people realize. They just thought he was a runner. They they thought this was going to be a zone read offense, and and wow, he's going to Lincoln's going to have to change things because Kyler Murray's just a runner. They were wrong about that, and I knew that going into the year. What I didn't anticipate is how composed and clutch and calm 
he would be in the heat of the battle, you know? I mean, I know he's been in a lot of big spots in his life, and this, uh, Lincoln talks about how he's he's been in the spotlight his whole life, from high school through baseball and Texas A&M and everything. That's true, but, you know, I mean, this is a different deal. I mean, 85,000 and you're uh, you're in a dog fight, you're in overtime against Army on your home field, or or you're in a close game on the road in the Big 12. He's just been uh, nails. I mean, he's just been composed exactly. and in control and very impressive. Very, very impressive. We are so stinking spoiled around here with the quarterback play we have had at the University of Oklahoma in the last two decades. It's not even funny. I mean, there. do you know there are some major – powerhouse programs who can't for the life of them find a quarterback they can't find one <laughs> why can't and people say why can't lsu get a quarterback that's right or or you know both texas Flo- have been in florida for a long time. texas yeah. why can't these major powerhouse programs get a quarterback and oklahoma seems to have a tree man i mean they just keep and he is something else he is having a phenomenal year now we get to see Another stage. I mean, the OU Texas stage is unlike anything in sports. And he's a Texas kid. And you know this means something to him. I mean, this means something big to him. And how will he play in what I think we have to assume is his one and only shot at OU Texas on Saturday? I, I can't wait. Okay, listen, this is Tuesday, dude. You can't be riling us up <laughs> like that. On Tuesday. Isn't this okay. the longest week of the year, though? <laughs> I was just about to really? say. I have prided myself this whole season on pacing. Mm-hmm. Pacing has been a big thing because I get so excited that by Thursday, um, ugh, why is the game not here yet? What's going on? And then I've, I've, I peter out by Friday night because I've used up all my energy. I've done better this year. But there is something about this week. You know, there, there, there is just – I know that I'm captain obviousing it. If you do a depth chart of the weeks in Oklahoma – uh, top of the depth chart might be this week, that first Saturday in October. Number one, number one. And here we are in the middle of it, and it might be the best Texas team we've seen in a while. In a while, yeah. You know, it, it, and again, I don't want to get too caught up in talking Texas. We'll do that later in the week. I know you'll have a chance to catch up with Craig White. I'm actually doing the afternoon show on Thursday for Ted. So we're going to load up on a bunch of stuff for Friday's podcast. Um, but it's just... It's intriguing to think of what could be both ways for Texas right now. And I know we can make this argument about Oklahoma with the Army game all we, uh, all we want. But if Sam Ellinger drives Texas down the field against Maryland and doesn't throw that pick and they find a way to win, could you imagine yeah. what this weekend is like? But let's go the other way. What if Tulsa gets the ball back in Austin and scores? What if Kansas State gets another opportunity – I mean, it's kind of crazy to think how you know the the most dominating win they've had this year are against the two probably better teams they played in USC and TCU. So that to me tells me that this kind of Tom Herman mindset they get up for the big games and it's OU Texas, so it doesn't really matter what either team did heading into Saturday. Nah, I think that um, I think they'll play well. I think Texas. You know, we were all quick to make jokes. When they lost to Maryland and, and Tulsa gave them a scare. and You know, they have, to their credit, 
rallied here, and they yep. played really well against USC, and they played really well against TCU. I haven't watched the Kansas State game yet, but they've won four in a row. I think Ellinger is the main difference in that because he's taking care of the football. Two turnovers in the opener against Maryland that were just backbreaking, and he did that a lot for again, you know, to their detriment last year. But he hasn't turned it over since the opener, and he's completing a high percentage of his passes. We know he's a weapon with his legs, and now he's taking care of the football as well. And as long as they can keep it a close game or stay out in front of you and they can stay balanced, keep using Ellinger in the run game with those big backs, they've got giant receivers in Colin Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey, then they're a handful. They're good on the defensive side of the ball. Caden Stearns has three picks already this year. So I think it's important for Oklahoma to get out in front in this game and try to force Texas to come out of their comfort zone a little bit. Having said that, it's exactly what happened last year. And they came back with Sam Ellinger as a true freshman. So you never know. I mean, the thing, the beautiful thing about OU Texas is it always delivers. It always delivers. You look forward to it every year. If you are fortunate enough to go to this game, you can't hardly sleep the week of the game. You go down Friday or Saturday morning, whatever the case may be, and you're just giddy as can be, and you cross the Red River, and you start to tingle, and you get to the State Fair, and the smells just (laughs) overwhelm you, the funnel cakes and the corn dogs, and there's big Tex and the colors and the Texas and OU fans talking trash, and it's either horns up or horns down, and we say OU Texas, and they say Texas OU. The buses can't come in, and the bands start to play, and then they get out on the field, and 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 then you've got a football game. And you're like, oh, that's all well and good, pomp and circumstance. And you know, so a lot of times in the Super Bowl, it's really exciting until the actual football game's played. Right. And then it's like, yeah, ah, the game was kind of a dud this year. The OU Texas game always delivers, and they hit harder than in any other game. There's more emotion than any other game. Half the stadium comes alive with every single play. There's the ramp, and and it's just awesome. And never once. You may lose the game, but you will never leave that fairgrounds and head home and say, that nah, really wasn't worth it. It's, it always, always delivers. Worth it. Always worth it. Wow. Um, we got to wrap up. I mean, we don't have to, but you've got a life to live and prep to do, and, <laughs> and, and so do we. We got I. carpool today. So. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I got to go pick up the kids. All right, I'll hurry up. <laughs> Obo's performance last year, I was watching the yeah. highlights of it. Yeah, that that was something pretty special. That was probably one of the best defensive individual efforts I've seen in that game. If there has been one thing that has been fairly consistent this year, has been they haven't necessarily had to put it all on one guy defensively. But you brought him up earlier. One guy who is just demanding more time based on how he's playing. This Ronnie Perkins kid. <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes. Single-digit defensive lineman already steals your heart. And, Toby, this is a guy that I'm pumped to see. And I don't know about Kenneth Mann and if he'll be back. Uh, didn't really get an update on, on Big Nev after he went down late. And I, I think it was actually on one of the last plays of the game. May have been the last play of the game. But I, I am really excited about the future of Ronnie Perkins. Well, that makes about um, a million of us <laughs> in uh, Sooner Nation. Yeah, he he was a beast on Saturday. He just looks the part, you know. When he walks out on the field in that number seven, you're like, that looks like a football player right there. 
and he's making plays. Teddy talks about how good he is already at the games on you know the twists and the games that they play on the defensive line, and usually that's something that takes a couple of years to really learn the timing of, and he seems to have an innate understanding of it at a very early age. It's going to be interesting going forward to see how they try to get him on the field. I think there's a couple of options here. I could see a third down package, and we've seen it a little bit already, where you have Kenneth Mann and Ronnie Perkins on the field together, you know, kind of a NASCAR package where you get a bunch of pass rushers, pass rushers out there. Assuming Kenneth Mann's okay, right? there's nothing wrong with having depth at that position. There's nothing wrong with rotating guys and keeping a fresh – pass rusher to go get the quarterback on the field every two or three plays maybe that's what they decide to do they just have man and perkins substitute for each other i mean if you want to tinker with adding some more four-man front to what you do the idea of having let's say gallimore and bledsoe in the middle and perkins and man on the ends in a four-man line i mean now that's exciting but you're talking about kind of revamping your defense or maybe something you slowly add as you go along and unveil it later in the year. So uh, is he too talented to keep on the bench? Yes. But, um, and this is the case kind of with Caleb Kelly, and we don't need to get into all that today, but uh, Trey Brown, all that kind of stuff. I understand the whole, you got to get, we got to figure out a way to get this guy on the field. You got to get him on the right, field. Exactly. Uh, I, I got you. And I agree. You got to get him on the field. But isn't it great that we are, at a point in recruiting on the defensive side of the ball with this defense where we are saying that, where there are guys who are coming off the bench who we are saying, we got to figure out ways to get them on the field. That is depth. That is depth. And that is a great thing to have. Not just in case you have an injury. That's true. But also in the course of a game to keep fresh guys out there, to keep going and getting the quarterback, to keep chasing down wide receivers in the secondary and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's a good spot. they they got to play better defensively and not give up 400 yards passing, all that kind of stuff. But you can see signs that the depth and recruiting and talent on the defensive side of the ball is getting there. All right, Toby, enjoy the carpool. And I will. Uh, I guess I'll see you Saturday morning since I have some late-night Friday night soccer responsibilities. Want to know I'm the good luck charm. I have to stick around. Well, I hope I wish you the best driving down late at night. Give me a shout that. if you need me to keep you awake on the uh, drive. I'll I'll talk you in or something like I've that. I've decided I'm going to scare myself awake with the uh, the new cereal. Are you going podcast on the I'm way? I'm going. Down? Po- are you, have you caught the new cereal yet? I haven't. I'm looking forward to it. Did you get to watch Doctor Death yet? Not yet. No. Or listen to? No. And there's apparently a new Up and Vanished. Wow. So you've got a lot of options. I've got a lot of options, so okay. I should be good. All right, here's Kale Gundy sitting in for Lincoln Riley. Hey, uh, I got a special announcement afterwards, so uh, stick around for that. But here's Kale Gundy. Thank you. Um, as you guys probably have heard, uh, Coach Riley's a little under the weather, so I was the uh, captain's pick to show up today. So excited to be here today. Um, going back on Saturday, uh, obviously it's always great to have um, come away with another victory. Two and zero in the conference. Um, Baylor's a very good football team. Got a lot of good skill players on both sides of the ball. Uh, thought we came out and played a very good game. Um, you know, some things that we you know we need to improve on. I think just looking back at that game is penalties. We kind of had some big costly penalties at times. 
some things that um, you know we just need to be better at and and uh, you get into some bigger bigger closer games those those can play maybe a little bit bigger fa um, factor um, and then also on both sides of the ball just kind of finishing plays uh, offensively and defensively um, I thought that um, you know we did a good job offensively moving the ball had some obviously some big plays we felt like we need to have a little bit more consistency on first down and second down um, and, and and not so much relying on the big plays to kind of get us out of some of those situations, but obviously being able to have, have some of the players that we have um, offensively to have create some big plays is all, uh, obviously very nice. Uh, guys that played well <clears throat> Saturday that we felt offensively, obviously Kyler, spectacular day, seven touchdowns. Um, had some receivers step up, uh, obviously C.D. Lamb and Marquise Brown. Uh, Lee Moore stepped in when uh, Grant got injured after his touchdown catch and, and had another good game for us. And then uh, Kennedy Brooks, which is a young running back who um, you guys probably haven't seen as much, uh, obviously come in and played well. Defensively, um, Mark Jackson continues to improve for us, um, played really well. Um, Caleb uh, Kelly stepped in and made some very good plays. Uh, a couple guys up front, Armani, Dylan played well, and, and we felt like Trey Brown played well on the back end. Um, excited about this weekend, obviously. It's, uh, it's a different game. Um, it's you can say that it's just like every other game, but it's it's not. It's a totally different game. Uh, I always tell my players, you, you'll come up that ramp in the fourth quarter after that game, and you'll be you'll be physically and emotionally drained. Um, it's just a different game. So uh, from there, open it up to questions. You know what the injury situation is, man and powers and everybody. I do not. That is a Coach Riley question. You'll probably have to shoot him a text later. I'm sorry. I heard that you always ask that question. You're a big injury guy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Taylor, you played in this game uh, 28 years ago for the, for the first time. Um, how's it changed from your perspective? Uh, 1990 and been in a bunch of times since. What, how's it changed? I don't know if it's changed much uh, when it comes to um, – you know, people associated with Oklahoma football and, and Texas football. Um, it's, you know, it was a big game back then, and it's a big game today. And it's, um, um, regardless at the end of the season, your win and loss record, uh, how you finish the season, this is always a big game. It's such a, you know, um, it's, it's big when it comes to the recruiting world. And um, it's obviously, a, it's, it's important for, you know, the direction of your programs, how you want to finish the season. And, um, Put yourself in good position to, you know, to possibly achieve some goals later on in the season. To the left here, Jerry. Yeah, Kale, you, you've had games on staff here where you've gotten out on Texas and, and really put them away and, and run away for, with regard to the, the final score. That clearly hasn't been the case the last five years. Last year, I think you were up twenty, and they they, they punched back and really made it tough on y'all. How? Can you tell a, a, a change of tone from that program just in the last four or five years in terms of fight in this game, say compared to years past when, when you won by 40 to 50 in certain games? Uh, I, no, I can't. Um, again, they're, they're, you know, it's a, it's a program that's got a lot of tradition and a prideful program, and they've got great football players down there, and they've always had great football players down there. Um, when you get into this game, and I think that's what I was referring to earlier, it's just a different football game. Um, it, it's not like the others, and uh, <clears throat> you, you, you could be a better football team than them. Sometimes it's hard to run away from them. 
Um, and you just got to keep playing. Kale, how do you evaluate you don't coach? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, I was thinking about asking you a question. Uh, no, how do you evaluate Tyler? I know you're not a quarterback coach, but you know the position so well. When you look at that guy, how do you look at it? And again, I'm sorry. Uh, he's he's special. He's um, you know he's like uh, there's not very many. Um, Quarterbacks, I believe, that have played the game that, you know, you can put him in their category skill set wise. Um, I think that I, I think a lot of people are starting to really um, get a good idea of really how well he throws the football. We all know that, you know, he's fast and he's, he's got speed, uh, but he really throws the football well. He's, a, he's very accurate, um, he's got a very quick release, and he's, um, he throws the deep ball very well. And, um, you know, a young man that obviously went through high school and never lost, never lost a game, and and um, won a lot of state championships, and that's that's hard to do. So, um, I, you know, I said something to Lincoln last week, uh, just during the middle of the week, that, you know, that I've noticed just on the side, the little things are just. I mean, he he's getting better and better, and it just the more reps that he's taking, and um, even though he's, you know, he's been in college for several years, but. Um, he, he's getting better, and uh, he's somebody that can can create plays and, and get you out of some bad situations as well. Okay, we'll Kelly, you mentioned uh, Kennedy Brooks earlier. <clears throat> I, I know you're not around the, the running backs constantly like you were, but what uh, kind of improvements have you seen from him, or was it just a, a matter of getting him a chance at uh, extended time? Well, Kennedy's somebody that we we thought a lot of whenever he came out of high school. Um, he was. Um, he he came out of a high school that I was recruiting um, several years ago, and we noticed him when he was a freshman and sophomore. Um, he he was also somebody who had a great spring football for us. I mean, probably uh, had more big runs than, than anybody that we had in, in spring ball. He um, and he's again he's a younger guy, but he's getting more reps. You know, with the absence of Rodney Anderson, he's obviously kind of been thrown in the fire some. Um, he obviously has the the, the abilities. In the skills, but you know, just the more snaps you get and the more live looks you get, um, you you tend to get better as the season goes along. And it was good to see him out there Saturday. Eric Kelly, uh, just your thoughts on three players from the same high school starting or playing for the same offense in Bobby Lee and Kyler. Pretty good group, um, and I can't say much about that school, but um, um, yeah, they um, you know if you. You wanted to see much on Lee Morris or, or find out about how good he was in high school, just Google Kyler Murray. And um, all of most of his throws in high school were, were thrown to Lee Morris. So, um, you know, Lee's done a great job. Obviously, he's put a lot of time in here. Um, he's, he's built into the system. And um, it was great to see him continue to go out there and make plays like he's made the season. Okay. Tyler Holmes here. Yeah, you've been around receivers here for a long time. Uh, where do where do you think Marquise and C.D. Lamb stand up as far as a kind of a one-two puncher, a receiving duo, so to speak? Well, you know, Marquise is different with the speed that he has, and, and it's a, that's a different speed than what most people have, uh, are, are used to. And I think a lot of people don't really get a good um, idea how fast he is until they see him live on Saturdays. Um, one of the things that I've that I've been you know was impressed with with Marquise about as, as well as Coach Riley and Coach Simmons is he catches deep balls as good as anybody that, that we felt like we've been around here. D.D. Uh, D. Westbrook caught deep balls really well. Um, 
but you know he when he you get to the games on Saturday, Marquis shows up and he plays a really really fast and he's a very competitive football player. Uh, CD's a young man who obviously had a great season last year and is continuing to grow and and it's a good combination. You know when you can put one guy on one side of the field and one guy on the other, um, you know you just got to kind of pick and choose how you want to cover those guys and. Then you throw in some guys inside in the run game, and a guy like Kyler Murray, it's um, it, it could be a potentially a good offense. To, to follow up, do you feel like they deserve to be in the conversation as maybe the best duo with receiving that OU's had? Oh shoot, um, I, yeah, possibly. Um, you know, since I guess since coach has been here and we've been throwing the ball. Uh, obviously, when I was playing in the early '90s, we, you know, we'd have one or two single guys out there that were good players. But we brought in some some better football players and wide receivers, and um, um, these two are, are playing well right now. Yeah, uh, coach, just your thoughts on how the running game has been able to produce since Rodney Anderson's injury. Seems like you've been able to put some things together. Well, and that's what we got to continue to do. We feel like we've got you know the guys to do it. Um, we felt like we could we could play better in the offensive line than we did Saturday, and you know I think Coach Beanbo would be the first to tell you that as well. And I think probably the offensive lineman would mention that as well. Um, but again, it's a, it's a it's a big scheme of things. You got to understand, um, you know, there was a lot of pressure on Saturday, a lot of inside pressure, challenging you to get the ball on the outside, and and you know. When you're trying to run against a lot of those blitz looks, sometimes it can be very difficult. Barry Trammell. Yeah, you talk about how good Kyler is and, and what you've seen from him. Did you guys know he would be this good? When last year, did you know, hey, this guy's going to be able to put up this kind of production? I, I think it's hard to tell, you know, to predict like that. Uh, obviously, you, you know the skill set when you've been in the profession and, and coached uh, a lot of good football players. You can say that this guy's skill set is, is, you know, is about as good as some people that we've had when it comes to the ability to make plays and, and, and the arm strength and those things. Um, it's always it's always difficult to predict. Um, and then you know, obviously, you got to match that with you know how the offensive line's playing, and you got to have guys on the outside that 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 catch those balls, and and um, we're doing that right now. Yeah, Kale, um, Dean stole my question, so i, I got to ask it a different way. Uh, <laughs> Kyler, and, you know, if, if you think about put him up against the other quarterbacks who have been here, the guys that have statues out here, they all had different quarterback coaches, so the, obviously the common thread might be you in your playing days here. No? No, it wouldn't be me. I can promise you that. No, I just want to know, from your perspective, compared to some of those things that those guys did, uh, what what was Saturday like? How does how does his game last Saturday stack up and, and his growth and maturity, his poise, all that stuff? Where does it stack up with some of what those other guys did? Well, that was as, that was about as good of a performance that we've seen from you know about anybody. Um, obviously, <clears throat> some of the quarterbacks that you've seen out there, you know, when you talk the Jason Whites and the, the Sam Bradfords, their skill sets were different than than what we're doing with Kyler and in uh, what Kyler has, and as well as. You know what Baker has. Um, Baker and obviously Kyler are both very, very similar. Um, I can remember when we started recruiting, you know, Kyler out of high school. That um, you know, I, uh, you know, Coach Riley, you know, Lincoln was, you know, felt like that this guy maybe, you know, might have a chance to be extremely special someday. Just because of the skill sets, just you just don't see people that that are that fast and have that strong of an arm. A combination. Sometimes you see one that's got the great arm, is not as fast, or vice versa. So. Um, you know, 
Kyler's still young in the season, and he still knows that there's still a lot more out there ahead of him, and and um, as well as our football team. Hey, you talked about Kennedy. How much uh, confidence does that performance the other day maybe uh, give you guys in giving him more touches moving forward? In any time you have success in in football games, um, that's going to build confidence and. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we, we go against our defense a lot during practices, um, you know, maybe a little bit more than what some people may do throughout the course of a season. So uh, we compete and we compete at a high level. Uh, we challenge our players during practice and uh, there's a lot of competition out there. So he's getting a lot of live looks uh, throughout the course of a week, but obviously going against another opponent and doing it on Saturdays and, you know, in front of 85,000 people is, um, is different. You, on your defense, Kiel, all your touchdown drives are under three minutes. Is it tough on them when they're on the field, then all of a sudden three minutes later they're back on the field? Well, if you ask Mike Stoops, probably. <laughs> you know, there are some times I, that we, we score fast, and uh, being in the press box with him, he just kind of gives us that eye, you know. But uh, And it is. It is challenging, obviously, for a defense to, to go back out there after you have some long drives. and. Um, you know, when the offense is out there quick and whether score or go three and out, you got to you got to get ready to go again. Um, that's just you know maybe that's part about being in this conference. You know, this is you get a lot of plays in this conference, um, and uh, defensively, that's you know those are the offenses and the tempo you're facing. KLP, you talk about the, the guys you're coaching, the top couple of them, and is is Drake Stoops going to play like at Texas or is he expected to redshirt? Uh, that's up to Lincoln. Lincoln decides that. Uh, Drake's been in good position and been been practicing well. Um, you know, Grant Calcaterra's been you know kind of coming on. He had a drop or two the other day, which was uh, you know something that we we would prefer not to happen. But he, he he made one great catch for a touchdown. Lee Morris, as I mentioned earlier, is really playing well and coming on. And um, we feel very solid with with Miles Tease and, and Nick out there in the slot position. Texas lost their first game. They won four in a row. Can you tell what they've gotten better at? Where's their biggest improvement? I, you know, um, you know a little bit about their their football team. Obviously, defensively, they return nine starters, so they got a lot of guys running around that they've had in the past. Um, you know, they got a couple very good defensive linemen, number ninety and um, um, forty-four on the defensive line. Two senior linebackers. They're very talented on the back end. Um, I, I think offensively, I think probably the biggest thing that they're doing is they're, you know, Sam's playing very consistent offensively. I believe he's only had one interception. I think that was in the first game of the season, and he's thrown one or two touchdown passes. So, um, you know, they're they're taking care of the football, playing well, and um, you know, they um, playing well defensively. And it's just they're, you know, looks like they're playing good team football. Yeah, you were talking about Kyler and, and how well he throws the ball. Um, he's probably going to move on with a baseball career, but do you think that he could play in the NFL with his skill set? Yes, no doubt in my mind. 100 percent. Think NFL teams would take a risk on a again five ten quarterback? I don't know. I, I can't. Probably shouldn't touch on that. Kale, you said big recruiting weekend. When you start recruiting kids earlier and earlier, you know, eighth grade, freshman year, and now it's a 24-7, 365 deal, can this one game still be that ultimate difference? You know, maybe down at the end of the stretch on one or two kids. Um, but it is. It's, it is a different, you know, we're recruiting kids, you know, 
from their freshman year on. And it's, it is, it's, it's 24 hours a day and it's 365 days a year. And if, if you're not doing it, then you're not doing a good job and you're not going to be a good, rec good recruiter. So, uh, but, but this is big. This is why, you know, this is why players come to Oklahoma. This is one of the games that they want to play in. This is why players go to the state of University of Texas down there. You, you want to play in the big games, and this is a this is a huge game for us and a huge game for them. And it's uh, it's the environment's like no other. It, it just you just can't explain it unless you've been in it. Yeah, because, and Kale, because of how unique this is, do you is there still any kind of? Uh, Curiosity as to how Kyler will manage that that environment. Is he as poised as he's been, and as efficient, sharp as he's been to this point? Is, there, is this still sort of another a hurdle, so to speak, that he's got to clear? I, I feel confident in his ability and his skills. I, I believe he's been in a lot of um, big games throughout his life, whether you know high school or college, and um, you know some guys just kind of have it, and I think he kind of has it. So obviously, he's shown that. And um, we feel very good about him. On the subject of red shirting, just generally uh, trying to take advantage of the rule, it seems like it's the kind of thing that you could spend all your time trying to orchestrate just the premium strategy. And to the point that maybe it's counterproductive. I mean, is, is it a dicey thing to figure out how to use that rule? Well, I, th I think it's definitely something that we're all still learning about. You know, we can sit in there, and we've have, we have sat in there, and we've talked about it quite a bit. Uh, but I think there are situations that come up and things change, and um, you may have to go in different directions. Um, so I, I don't know if there's a perfect solution. Um, again, you know, I think you could, you know, ask this question five years from now. We probably have a closer to a better perfect solution. But right now, uh, you know, it's just just kind of how it's evolving. Does it get in the way of other decisions you have to make over the course of a week, or do you feel like it's pretty well managed right now? I think it's pretty well managed, uh, but it, but again, things could change. You know, just you know, any given moment with um, with with a practice or an injury or a suspension or or anything like that. Barry, yeah, Kelly. Uh, since Lincoln got here at the start of fifteen, the offense has been on a big trajectory. Um, is this as good an offense as you've seen sustained over not just one season, but collectively? I mean, you've been here since Bob got here. Is this the best the offense has performed on a consistent basis? It's up there. You know. Considering you just lost the best quarterback right. OU's ever had, maybe college football's ever seen, and you haven't missed a beat. Well, when you when you have that guy, if you have a quarterback, you got a chance to be good, and that's across the board on whether you're in high school or college or the NFL. And um, obviously, when the, the better that the the guy is that you have, the the better chance that your offense has got a chance to be. But uh, we, you know, we we've got a good system around them. We've got you know a lot of good players, and uh, you know, obviously, it's it, it's all included in in uh, what we do. And, and and I've said it before. You know, Coach Riley's as good offensive mind I've ever been around. We've had a lot of great coaches here, and that's not taking anything away from any of those guys. A lot of them moved on to being head coaches, but um, you know, his his um, offensive play calling and and decision making and and um, players and, and how to put them in certain situations uh, is 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 special. Um, we, we hear all the time, Cale, about uh, having to tell new players 
about this game and how big it is and the atmosphere and the pressure cooker. What about new coaches? When Lincoln Riley got here as offensive coordinator, did you pull him aside and give him any of your best stories? And would you share some of those best stories with us? You know, I, I know there's no special stories, but I think they all know it. Um, you know, be, you know, especially the guys that have been in this conference. The guys that have been in this conference, they're close enough, or they've had friends that have been involved in the game, and and obviously, they've they've heard about the stories. And you know, obviously, we talk to them about what it's like coming into the you know the fairgrounds and and being on the bus and and the thousands and thousands of people and the people beating on your buses and um, you know you, you talk about those things and and with your players, I think you you should. I think those are things that you got to prepare them for and. Um, you know, throughout the course of the week, you, you just you got to let them know just you know bits and pieces of how the game is and how it's going to flow and and um, in 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 the time that you put in throughout the course of a week, you got to you know eliminate all the distractions, all the outside stuff, and and try to get locked in. But it's it's tough. Uh, but I do believe that you got to prepare them before they go down there. Definitely. What's your key to finding? Just these quarterbacks. There's been a lot of places they have trouble finding guys. You guys have gone on almost 20 years. You had you had great ones, good ones. Well, you had a bad. Well, I, I I believe it it starts with the you know the success that you have in your program, the wins and losses, um, the winning the championships, being in the big games, the success of your players that you've had there, and the players that have moved on and and, and had a chance to go play in the NFL. And um, I, I, that just all just adds up together. It's just a, a perfect recipe. You know, if, um, there's obviously a lot of good programs out there, a lot of good coaches out there. And obviously, you know, we, we believe that we've got a, as good as anybody in that, in that area. Good last question, Dean. Um, Kale, the, the, the name Gundy catches people's <coughs> attention immediately if you just say it. Just, just wondering how you look at your you versus you and Mike similarities differences and have you been as he have you heard from him since his last deal the last couple of days um, no I haven't yeah. we're obviously a little bit different um, he's my brother I love him he does a great job you know and uh, you know he can do what he wants to do up there you know and obviously that obviously he does do that so um, no I, we, we, we talk but we don't talk football we've been talking stocks lately all right, so that was Cale Gundy sitting in for Lincoln Riley. Is Coach Riley a little under the weather? We assume he'll be back in time for tonight's Coach's Show from Rudy's. And I wanted to wrap up by just thanking everyone that has helped share and spread the word about the podcast. We had our biggest month ever in the history of the pod. And, and again, it's, it's relatively new. We're only a, a year old now. But to put up the numbers that we did this past month has been uh, just – Awesome. And we have you, the Sooner Nation, to think. I want to remind you that we're available for download on several different platforms. Not just the Apple Podcast, where a majority of you, and that's where I get my podcasts as well, too. But on CastBox, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. So if you typically get us through another platform, that's what you can get us anywhere basically. And the easy one-stop shop is at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. So I just wanted to wrap up on this very exciting week, the first week of October by saying thank you. Thank you for really helping us put up our best month in the history of the Sooner Sports Podcast. And hey, it helps when the Sooner football team is off to a 5-0 and start. Here's, here's how our week looks for podcast listeners. On Tuesday, you'll get the Coaches Show with Coach Riley. 
On Thursday, you'll get the featured podcast with Jessica Cootie. In fact, I don't even know who Jess has on her podcast with her this week. Uh, on her feature, I guess I should say. And on Friday, you'll get the Coach's Corner podcast and, of course, the tailgate to get you ready for kickoff. And we'll also be adding the scene setter this Friday to get you ready for OU Texas. It's a busy week. It's an exciting week. It's a fun week. And I just wanted to wrap up by saying thank you. Everyone have a great OU Texas week. And until Friday, Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.